0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode on Founders Tribe, a podcast production presented by thestartupchef.com. This is once again your host, Sven Milder, and like every week, I invite inspiring global movers and shakers to the show to casually chat about successful strategies they have deployed to found and build awesome businesses and live fulfilling lives. At The Startup Chef, we are on a mission to elevate and inspire 100,000 founders globally to help them shortcut their road to success by offering easy access to investment capital and world-class expertise. If you want to discover more or download one of our free resources that can help you propel your business forward, visit us at thestartupchef.com, thestartupchef.com. Now, without further ado, Let's jump straight into today's episode. Uh, In today's podcast, we have uh, Mr. Florian Holm, originally from Germany. And since six years, he's moving mountains in Southeast Asia, uh, where he first started as a consultant for Boston Consultancy Group. He went on building shop in the terms of Lazada, which is better known as the Amazon of uh, Southeast Asia. He led the team into different kind of countries and to different kind of landscape, turbulence and smooth waters, where eventually the venture gets sold by, uh, by Alibaba. After a few months rest, he uh, decided to build something completely different, which is uh, the function that he's currently having as a founder and CEO together with Alex- Alexis Dornier uh, building uh, Stilt Studios which is a, a tiny house concept and literally beautiful designs. And those can be um, uh, literally st- stuck everywhere in the world. And we're going to talk about that later. Amongst that, he's a father of a, of a young boy named Kilian and loves to spend a lot of time outdoors. Welcome, Florian, to, uh, to the show today. Thank you, Sam. Um, yes, I'm super, super thrilled as a good friend as well uh, to have you here. Um, exactly. We have... Off the record, already uh, many different kind of conversations, uh, and for me this was a big inspiration as well to bring your knowledge to a larger, uh, larger audience. Um, so let's let's straight jump into it, right? From e-commerce giants to building tiny designer houses. I mean, how did you arrive at that transition, man?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, Sven, and and I, you know I think it was a bit situational, um, but. I was four years with Lazada and it, it was an awesome time, right? Like uh, really great learnings um, and, and really great also for personal development. Um, but after that, I felt uh, what I wanted to do is, uh, you know, I wanted to do something different. And what was important to me at that point was I wanted to build a, my own product. I was working for a marketplace, right, or a repeat yeah. business. And, and I was always fascinated by building an own product. You know, honestly speaking, I'm not the, the, the big product guy in the sense that I have like this this, this one uh, passion for, for a certain product where I'm really good in. Um, so it was a bit of a, a um, you know, a strike of faith that I uh, met uh, with my current business partner, Alexis Donier, who is a, a great architect, I feel, and some very innovative ideas around design, around how to build. Um, so also for the building process itself. But, uh, but yeah, looking out at that point for someone who uh, has more experience in how to build a business. And uh, that's, that's how we decided to team up. And I, I felt it was a great opportunity to build a product. It was a great opportunity to bring in some elements that I, I, I really care about, like sustainability. And at the same time, it was also very interesting for me to go from an industry which I feel is maturing more and more e-commerce um, with all its consequences to an industry that I think is a bit overseen by, uh, by entrepreneurs, um, not too many people in it, definitely a bit less uh, kind of like new things tried or innovation happening and, and try to uh, you know, bring in a bit of fresh wind in, uh, you know, in, in the small scale. Obviously, we started up, but that was kind of the attraction for me and has been um, amazing almost uh, one and a half years now. Uh, first products are building up, and uh, you know more coming soon yeah
0: yeah well, it truly looks looks awesome. I will definitely put a link uh, in the show notes uh, to the website still studios but for those uh, who don 't know the concept of about tiny houses, um, what, what is the true vision that you that you hope to achieve
1: there's a couple of things we try to bring uh, to the market with the steel studios and and you know to summarize it, we try to bring great design with Innovative, uh, together with innovative building uh, methods, so being able to build more off-site, to build more prefab, um, which means you are more cost-efficient, you can handle material better, and you are much faster in setting up, and then uh, build something that is really like experience-oriented um, in terms of, of the of the product. That is that is very much what we focus on for now. But um, so it's it's basically the first houses we are setting up are all uh, short-term. Rental uh, focus, but uh, the concept of bringing together great design and innovative building materials will also work for any other sector within the building space. So uh, you can also have that as a residential home or or even like, you know, for Indonesia for, you know, like uh, middle class housing uh, for, you know, $20,000, right? Correct. So that is is basically the idea.
0: So uh, can we as well say that? Because because the concept is very much mobile-driven, right? That you would facilitate that if someone is done living in a certain space, they could literally pick it up, and you could uh, drop it anywhere in the world. Or or how do you see that?
1: Yeah, that is uh, that is something that could be possible, right? But I don't think that is necessarily um, uh, our strongest point. It's it's a bit like you know, it's still a, a structure, right? So there there will still be some some damage done so i think um you know putting it up putting it down again and up again but but nevertheless i mean like i think the one important point uh, that swings in here is is kind of like leaving or minimizing the impact of a building on on the building ground right so it's something we see a lot in especially the tourist destinations that you know things just get you have a really nice rice paddy and then the next day like everything gets <laughs> full of baton right and yeah. and uh, we need to find a, a different way right like on how we can kind of like keep the balance of on the one hand, uh, tourism can be something very good for the communities, but at the other end, it destroys a lot. And I think um, that is one aspect of, uh, of the houses we're building is, um, is helping to balance that.
0: So, so you and I have both uh, separately in our own companies worked with uh, large teams. I can, I can imagine if you're, if you're starting up a large team, uh, then there are so many moving parts and now you're building something completely out of your comfort zone. Um, yeah. with a team that is way smaller than that, right? So does it give you a lot of peace of mind compared to your previous periods? Or do you sometimes get a little bit frustrated that things are not moving as fast when you had a whole army to, to move mountains?
1: Uh, it's a very good question, right? And I, you know, I, I wouldn't say that one thing is better than the other. And, and I think, you know, for, um, for me personally, it's mostly about... the phase of life I'm in right or it's kind of like I've, I've done the one so I, I enjoy the other for now but um, I think both things um, they are great learning uh, um, opportunities for someone and I think that is ultimately something that is extremely important for me and very motivating for me so yeah I'm in a new space right now and you know I'm learning a lot of things so that is that is the important part for me and even though the, the team is smaller it's, it's still like every day there's so many new things that uh, that come to me. So, so that is something very fascinating. But I also liked uh, working with big teams, right? Like it's definitely a different set of uh, challenges you encounter, maybe a little bit of more HR management. Um, you're definitely moving a bit faster. So, yeah, I think both, both things have their, have their pros and cons. And I think, you know, you, you just need to know what is what is uh, the, the thing you want to do in, in the moment, right? I think both things yeah. can be very good.
0: Oh, well, what I, what, I, what I see as a sort of um... – Red thread through your stories, like in, in when, you, when you were leading Lazada, you had a co uh, CEO together with Duri. Um, yeah. I think that, that that's a very interesting uh, chat as well, because a lot of times being a CEO is a very lonely ride, though so you can have your COO and you can have your CFOs. How did you experience running and building Lazada, Lazada from actually scratch? In the different kind of countries, as a duo, and how would you compare that towards being a single CEO? Would it otherwise have a difference? Yeah. Do you think that every company should have two CEOs to make life of an entrepreneur easier?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's a huge benefit if you find someone that you can really work with uh, well. Uh, you complement each other. I think it, it's a huge benefit, right? I, I think I, I think I was lucky with read that, you know, it's it's a good friend and uh, we have been working together already before, like before we entered kind of in this co-CEO role and it worked out very well for us, right, because um, uh, I think we complement each other well and we were taking care of different areas and at the same time we knew each other well enough to, you know, to also uh, be very frank about things that were not doing so great, right, yeah. which is always that is always where kind of the, the tension comes in and the company in whatever relation you are, right, like uh boss to CEO or whatever. And um yeah, I think that is, uh, I was, I was just really fortunate in that. But at the same time, I think it also needs a company that is at the right stage because uh, you know, like where we are right now, right? Where we kind of decided to take a step back and really uh, go and assemble something from from zero you kind of need to have this phase where i think you are more like a uh, you know the fighter out there and 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 putting putting in the first um basis um before you have a critical scale to kind of like make space for enough uh, senior management right so i think yeah, hard hard to generalize but if if you're lucky enough to find like
0: this partner
1: i think it's beneficial for the business and yourself right because you will
0: so it's more like we can see it as a sort of a co-founder, but in this specific example, it's on the same level. Currently, that happens again, but then in another way, right? So I see that you are very, very well talented to 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 build in a fast scale teams. Currently, with Alexis, is very much focused on the creative side. You're doing you're doing the operation. Personally, I I believe that picking up your own weaknesses in an early stage and finding people around you that are able to to support you, and therefore being able to run faster is a is a is, a, yeah. is a very much a lucky thing. What what every founder should be, be, be striving for. So, yeah. um, if you, if you're looking back currently and you're bringing things from your your Lazada time uh, here to still right? What are what are the things that you have been learning there that is currently really you know again an epiphany moment. Uh, yeah. in, the, in the new venture that you're building, right? You go from super. I like. I like the. I like the comparison between e-commerce yeah. giant and tiny house builder, but still <laughs> a very big company. So, yeah. I'm just wondering, like, okay, what are the things that you really bring along from your previous uh, endeavor uh, to the current yeah. one?
1: Yeah, yeah, great questions, when And I think you know, again, it's 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 some learnings where where you feel like things that went really well in in my, at my previous job lazada right i think um one thing we always uh, were known for and and, and certainly did well is, is just getting things done right like uh, a culture of of working hard and and making sure you know like goals are achieved and um and you know like setting setting the goals in the first place at, at a level uh, where you really have to stretch for it right and and i think that is one nice thing i can bring here to the team where i'm like hey you know like doesn't matter that we are you're not that many people, we have limited resources and all, but we can still achieve great
0: things, right? And Do you use a special technique for the goal setting here?
1: Yeah, so I think the one thing I can be sharing is, for example, you know, in Lazada, like one way to kind of rally the, hoops has always been these campaigns right like uh, so we said like once in a while i mean and and by now i'm you know especially if you see Shopee and e-commerce space they do that almost every month but i think it's it's really nice right because it's a way of motivating your your people but also getting the best out of them making sure you know you work productive towards a a certain goal and i think that is something uh, really great if you have your resources willing to work longer, to get things fixed, to get um, to a certain point and then have a clear moment of, of kind of like success or like um, a moment of coming out, right? So for example, like last week we did a soft launch, right? And in a way, you know, it's, it's Corona times and all, right? Like you can think like, yeah, how relevant is that from the outside? But I can tell you from the, from the inside, from a company, it's so nice, right like to have a certain date and a certain event that you build up to, and then you have everyone, like the product team, the engineering team, obviously the marketing, the, everyone is working towards this one moment and you're just just like having a little birthday party and cleaning up your house, right Everyone is, is doing a little extra and, and indeed uh, we got a, a, a very good result of it, so no one is, is ever complaining. It's like, oh, I put in two hours extra to uh fix the website or put in two hours extra um making sure all our um contractors uh finish the job and so on and that is really something that i that i took over from lazada and that i can really kind of like pass on as a as a very positive learning that i would always try as an uh for for any startup startup in any situation like find yourself the right moments or step stones or whatever right it doesn't need to be a soft launch it doesn't even need to be uh, consumer facing or whatever right but, but these are great moments, right? And, and so you mean like you mean like
0: event, if we need to create a word out of it, you want to create event from um, as much of the activities that you plan to do in a year and try to create yeah. small little parties of it, small little events. And therefore yeah. people are able to, to feel, of course, like a, a sense of uh, bonding and being yeah. collectively involved. So you're naming campaigning. That cannot really come on the right word. Eventizing. I think I think it like that. So you're using an OKR uh, goal set up for that, or you have another strategy? Uh, so for the campaign itself,
1: uh, like for for the event itself, I think it's. So I like to set my OKRs a little bit uh, different. I wouldn't set them uh, necessarily on the events because these events there is a lot of. At least at an early stage, I feel there can be a lot of. Chance or coincidence uh, interacting with with how they come out, right? So I can give you an example. We do a soft launch, right? And uh, so actually not for for the one we did, but for our actual launch event, we are looking for now. Turns out that that someone in my team uh, has a personal contact, a friend who has a who is an influencer, right? And for for that event, like awareness is obviously a big goal, right? And um, this uh, personal friend of hers is uh, has a several million followers, right? And then you kind of potentially shoot completely over in in that uh target right or in that goal because for a coincidence in the end right it's not for the hard work you put in It's so so that's why i kind of like to decouple it from the OKRs, right where i say like for each function obviously like hey try to reach like what whatever is the the room of possibilities right so it might be in the marketing side but i'm I, i try to keep that out but at the same time i see it as kind of like It's almost like a sprint, right? Like where a company comes together for all the functions, they're pushing towards this one event. And then obviously there needs to be also like, you know, like a clear sign of success, Um, you know, be it sales, certain sales numbers, be it certain awareness numbers or um, or whatever it is. And then, yeah, and then exactly what you said, right? Like this bonding experience, like make sure you, you know, like at the end of the day or start of the campaign or uh, whatever the event might be you know that that's the perfect time to give a little party right make sure you have some some drinks ready uh we you know that particular example we had a, we had a barbecue at, at the office and stuff and 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 it's awesome from a company's perspective because everyone or you know 95 percent of the cases people feel great about it they put in extra work and uh, there's an
0: extra bonding um so it's it's a true win-win i noticed it myself as well um creating good relationships with your team uh, being very informal, uh, like we say, uh, bonding, collectivity. Eventually, we could say, let's not think, make things super complicated and bring it back to the essence why people uh, are, are working towards something, right? I mean, I yeah. think the, day, the days of a paycheck are over and people are looking way more currently for uh, the sense of belonging. So what what is... What is an interesting question, especially currently in this space of corona that you quickly tapped into. So how yeah. how do you foresee the future when it comes to remote working, right? Because there was a time where a lot of companies always try to keep keep their teams within these four walls and everybody needs to come in at nine and they run in at, yeah. at six or seven, or when they are a startup, they can sometimes stay until eight or nine o'clock. And everybody was very skeptic about it. This wouldn't work. And now by the force of nature, literally, um, yeah. Yeah, leaders have been obligated to let people work remotely. And strange enough, mm. yeah, it, it has a really good impact. So I'm very curious, mm. you as, a, as an expert, uh, but more yeah. also like, like a true experience in, in, in the field, how do you see the world moving after COVID? Yeah, I mean,
1: it's a good question, right? And I myself, I, I need to admit, I've always been a, a fan of kind of like, you know, especially for brainstorming sessions and so on, like, you know, I, I'm like a proper German and in a way. I, I run my, my weekly schedule in a way that, you know, like I do my check-ins, I make sure the, the touch points are in the calendar, right? To make sure that, you know, even even in stressful times when... And usually we're like, yeah, yeah, I check in once a week, right? And then it's a stressful week, and you didn't do any check-in, right? And it has been a learning experience for me to see that, you know, actually, there's a there's a lot of benefits as well from uh, having your team um, working remotely, and it's more up to techniques, right, to making sure you you use the right techniques, right? So, for example, uh, yeah, you maybe you don't uh, do like your weekly a town hall uh, announcing some uh, certain decisions, right? Like maybe you do a video update call, but at the same time writing down decisions or or making sure they're communicated, it's becoming much more important, right? So, so what do you do? Like maybe you you actually do a quick video, no? Like we are doing it now, and you just record it for the team. So it's clear for everyone. If someone wants to know, like, hey, why did we back in the days take the decision to go left and not right? Look at it, right? And and find yeah. the argument, like find the arguments again, and. And I think that is actually something that might be even better than uh, what we used to do, right? Where we announced it once and then, you know, like some people got it, some not, and then just a silent post in the company, you know, mm. like, and I think back of the days in a larger company. So I think there's, there's definitely a lot of learnings um, and techniques that we can also implement for a post Corona time. when, in theory, at least like people can work again together, but, I definitely feel, I mean, right now, like I would say the most important part at least um, of what we are doing at Stilt is product development. We have people from the design side, from the engineering side and so on and on different locations. And yeah, it's something people need to get used to, but it definitely
0: works, right? So, but do you, that, do you see that in the future, do you expect that, that offices are getting completely other functions or do, do we say the end to co-working or... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm curious because if you see from a financial point of view, right, yeah. it's interesting where people would pay. For example, a good good example is this in Silicon Valley. Okay. Jack Dorsey from from Twitter, right, is literally deciding like, okay, normally we are paying like hundred thousands of dollars in rent to just be in Silicon Valley and be stupid yeah. as everybody else paying prime for our rent. And Jack Dorsey yeah. from Twitter and Square, of course, is the first one that said okay, fine, we are moving Twitter outside of Silicon Valley and currently deciding to just start a very much a remote-driven organization and have super-quality events yeah. periodically, periodically with, uh, with our team members anywhere around the world, which, of course, comes back yeah. to having access to way better talent uh, yeah, and not fishing all in, all in the same pond, right? Because especially when you're yeah. also in, in Lazada, yeah, you're all hunting for the same developer and the same developer is getting more expensive in less than a year, right? He's changing two time jobs and he's, he's growing and selling on that way. So I'm just curious yeah. what, what will happen with real estate, man? Yeah. <laughs> will will real estate go down in that sense? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Sven, look like,
1: here's my take on that, right? Because I mean, I'm in the space, right? So I had some thoughts on it, right? And. So I would say, you know, if you see some regions like uh, where you have a, like a high concentration of talent, like uh, Silicon Valley, and then prices shoot up for real estate, I think definitely right, like makes tons of sense that you have um, kind of your decentralization. And I think also team wise, everything is there nowadays, right? Like there's so many productivity tools, like things that make the organization work well, and even accessible to very small startups, right? Like I remember like back in the days in BCG, like you had your Cisco systems, uh conferencing um, staff and you, you would, you would need to call the the IT office managers to set it up. Right. And and now yeah. we're hanging out on Zoom and it's like many fold better than what we had back in the days. Right. And, you know, I'm working with Monday and, and some other tools here for, for, for the small uh, startup and, and it's all affordable and great. Right. But um, at the same time, I think it's a bit dependent on the location and on the, a uh, phase of life you're in, right? And why I'm saying that is, you know, when I look at my employees I'm working here with, in, uh, in Stilt, um, as well as uh, when I think back on the Lazada times, a lot of them were uh, very young, right? So, you know, somewhere between 20, 20 to 30. And um, they're living in Jakarta and actually, um, a lot of times if they were not living with the family, they live in a Costco in a right? you know these people they will actually be like you know i'm happy to go back in my my crowded office and and meet up with people and all right while yeah. if you're if you're a programmer back in silicon valley and you're like like i'm poor but still making 150k because you know like half of that is going out for rent <laughs> and i'm living in a yeah. in a shared flat like basically save as a Costco. because i just at a cost yeah. of like five thousand 5, like a thousand times right? expensive yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know
1: like they're like I can have like the time of my life living, you know. Like I personally, I would I would move to Boulder if I if I were in their shoes uh, with my personal preferences and you know get a get a nice ride of mountain biking in in the morning and and have a house for the you know like like a a mansion almost for for the same price as I was paying for my shared flat in 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 San Francisco. But at the same time, I think it's also a matter of like where are you in life, right? Because personally, you know, like I have a small family now, right, and and I think like in that situation, you start really appreciating um having a bit of space, being a bit out there, right like I mean jakarta versus versus Bali, for example um, that's why I feel like there there will be a wave of more people being in a situation and and you know honestly, I, I see that a lot with friends of mine, like living in Munich or in London or uh, New York or wherever, with young families right and and, and paying a fortune for a relatively uh, modest flat there um, while they can have a, an awesome quality of life here in bali and and i think you will f- probably find more and more these remote networks um, um you know be it in the countries uh, like like in the us and different places i you know i'm just reading like more and more texas for example is it's kind of like coming up as a as a hub simply because for you know kind of lifestyle and quality of life and and prices, but it could also be a place like Bali where you have like a very good infrastructure for, uh, for families. And instead yeah. of just having like your typical uh, digital nomads um, and very few entrepreneurs around you, you might actually have a senior manager from Unilever who's, who's managing Europe and maybe flying back uh, once a quarter for, for a couple of days for the most urgent things need to, that need to be done in person. And, yeah. and, and actually the rest uh, can be done uh, remotely. So I think it really depends, right? Like I wouldn't be betting on office space in, in big centers, and uh, in, especially in big expensive centers, right? But I think you know probably residential uh, real estate and what could be you know kind of like these more lifestyle-driven centers, you know I think in the in the mid to long term that could actually be something that is uh, that is doing well.
0: You know, uh, thanks thanks for sharing your opinion about it. I, I guess uh, first of all we are both. Uh, very lucky that we actually make make bali our home uh and i think especially now bali comes out of the whole COVID 19 crisis as uh, some kind of special treatment where where we seem to control the virus pretty well uh, have amazing yeah. beaches have a great quality of life uh, take care of uh, relatively all kinds of facilities so then yeah. we're talking actually about life balance right and yeah. before the call we were also that fits very well what we're talking about right now. Before the call, we were already talking a little bit about life balance and yeah. we were discussing like, okay, why should you want to build something that everybody is building? And that brings mm-hmm. me back to the same conversation that we just had about Silicon Valley where all of these guys, like, okay, how many, how, how many millions of dollars have you been raising, right? The real question mm-hmm. is that it's not even what they're building and the impact that they're having. It's more like, I still remember being myself there is you're asking some, okay, how big is your team? How much money did you raise? Like, and people seem to forget that it's all about creating that impact, um, driving that, that, that sustainability within a business, which was like years ago, crazy, just like investing, investing, investing. And now you're also tapping actually quickly into life balance. and. Okay. These three things together brings me to the term that you coined in the start of our conversation is incremental innovation, right? Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell everybody uh, incremental innovation. How you would describe it is doing something meaningful and innovate, but I'm not yeah. the, the right guy to, to, to explain it. And, and, and you, you coined it yourself. So I really want to bring this into conversation, actually, because it could be of value yeah. for, for everybody else.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is something... Um... Um, that I, I've just been thinking about, you know, when I left Lazada, when I was uh, contemplating my, my next steps and at least something that at, at that moment was important to me, right? And I think in every phase of life and every person has, has their own kind of North Star, what, what guides them in that, uh, at that point. and. You know the money that that can be fine, right? Like I definitely before having money, I think money was also more important to me. But I think it's a very nice um, way to think about like how do you uh, how do you spend your time and on what do you spend your time, right? And I think when you look at it from a societal level, like what is kind of the um, your personal impact or your obviously your your company's impact uh, uh, to the society or to innovation, right? Because um, in the end, like no matter if you're successful or not that is the that is the interesting part you might actually contribute quite well to to societal innovation right and you know like i guess like one uh, one guy to bring up here would be Elon Musk saying like hey you know we need to become more sustainable in the way we uh uh, we use personal transport so the mission of Tesla is actually not necessarily being the biggest automaker of, of you know whatever uh, metrics you want to take, uh, but it's actually like helping uh, electric vehicles uh, to break through. And even if another one is, is, is actually eating the cake in the end, they would, he would still define it as a success, right? And it's an interesting way to think about it um, and an interesting way to see um, how people are motivated, right? And I think my feeling was when, you know, at the time um, I left Lazada in, in 2018, you know, and you, you mentioned some of these things, right? Like the tech scene has become so crowded, right? I mean, I, I still remember, like, back in the days when I, when I started with Lazada, like, people were like, what are you doing? Like, okay, you know, like, you. I, I went out of BCG and the classical thing to do, like, back where I was in Switzerland is like, yeah, you go into banking, you know, you got a pretty decent paycheck, it's it's an old industry, it's, you know, that, that, that's what you do, right? And Or Pharma, for example, right? It's also big there. And I went into e-commerce and everyone, like, and it was not, like, a hip thing like it is now, right? And, And I felt like, well, there's still a lot of things you can do. There's still a lot of kind of things to work on. And, you know, honestly, like, the way we approached it versus how professional things are now, like, definitely, like, tons of stuff has changed. But at the same time, what you also see is that tons of talent went into in there right? And now I think like e-commerce is developing up to its potential. So uh, all the things that you can say, like the innovation it brings to society in terms of helping small businesses find their customers, uh, cheaper prices for consumers, more assortment and so on. That's, that's great, right? That's a that's that's definitely a, a value on a societal level. But if you go into e-commerce now, the difference you will be making now, right? You, what do you do? You're a product manager maybe for for one specific step on the mm. checkout right and yeah. and you know like while maybe back in the days when when we were starting and and you know doing tons of mistakes and all like you know we increased uh, conversion rate maybe maybe we doubled it by improving the checkout process nowadays like believe me there's there's already a thousand engineers uh, uh, working on the process and i've been working on that for years and your personal contribution you know, like if ever you can measure it, it will be in the <laughs> like yeah. in the low mills, right? And and the interesting part is that, and I think I feel that is that is actually the case in, for a lot of areas of tech, right? I mean, if you if you join Google or Amazon or one of these big companies now, like it's such a huge uh, organization, and it's just very difficult to to bring that impact. But if you look at other areas, right? For example, if I look at, at, at building at at real estate uh, construction. Man, that's that's a place where like it's a huge, huge industry, right? Like everyone is doing it. Um there's tons of activities ongoing, but if mm. I look at the innovation that is happening, it's it's uh, it's little, right? So it's yeah. uh and, and if I look and, and, and why, right? It's not that there's there's tens of thousands of highly talented people uh trying their luck and somehow not succeeding, right? It's 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 a place where we are where we're missing the talent. We're missing the entrepreneurial talent. We're missing the, the technical talent, right? And and I I, I felt like and, and it's not the only area, right? I mean, um, I think there's so real estate.
0: What you, so what you actually say is like a lot of technology uh, startups. They they actually you know they they just forget about what what it's actually true, truly about. And then you're having yeah. another industry that you quickly. Uh, check into which is very much related to what you're doing right now is the is the lack of innovation in in real estate and one yes. of the things that really came across my mind when i hear you talking is let your. so as as a human being we should actually let our voice count right is that what you're yes. trying to say It's like let if if you're anyway on this on this on this earth don't dig yourself into a hole but ask yourself really like okay what is the thing that i'm able to do that really Mm -hmm. drives an impact that is close to your uh lays close to your heart
1: yeah right exactly and i mean like just just stepping back and being like hey you know if you if you live to the the age of 80 and you sit in in front of your porch on a chair and contemplate about life right like uh, what can you really look back
0: to right and I actually, I actively busy with that on a daily basis, um, contemplating.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's. Um, you you know, I mean, it's it's always uh, difficult when I think about opportunities because obviously there's the very practical aspect, but there's also the aspect of like really double checking, right? Is it like is it something that I would I would feel like, yeah, I would feel feel proud of, no matter some of the classical success metrics, right? So for me, mm. it's like you know, saying about the, the buildings we are putting, right? If, you know, some of the discussions we're having, we're like, you know, like, what happens if people take our design or, or, or whatever, right? And I think I feel in the very long term, I would feel great if I feel I contributed to something that is an ongoing process, right? And maybe in 50 years, we have a very different way of, of living and thinking about building and probably prefab will be much more dominant and very hopefully sustainable building will be much more dominant. And and you can be like, well, in a very, very, very tiny way, I contributed to this process. I put down one stone in that process, right? Like you will never be the only one driving that forward, right? But I think that is uh, that is definitely... Um, one thing that very much attracted me um, to, the, to the current opportunity and currently what I'm working on. And, and I just need to say that, right? I think there's other industries as well, right? Like for example, if you think about education, I know tons, tons of stuff going on right now, especially with the situation and, and definitely some innovation happening, but the big scheme of things, you know, for the, for the industry, um, yeah, definitely, you know, not, not as much disrupted as, as for example, e-commerce, in the past years or or, or FinTech or uh, right hailing or all the media stuff, right? I mean, like tons of the innovation that happened was, was an entertainment, right? Like TikTok, yeah. Netflix, Facebook, right? It's like, well, like, good you have that, right? And, and you know, I'm using it, everyone is using it, but how did that change life in- It's in, Inter- uh, interesting, in, in man. Very interesting.
0: <laughs> very interesting, very interesting. I actually really hear your, your... Uh, almost like a messias yeah providing a uh, providing a bigger message right where you th- typically say like okay uh, if you 're anyway here, do things with a meaning. Can we actually say that this is a result after you have literally worked your socks off in your previous company that you came more down to earth and you think like, "What the fuck am I doing, and that you had that process in that in that kind of way yeah I think I mean definitely
1: oh, oh, are yeah. there. You know, there were moments where I'm like, okay, like, you know, for what? But, but I, I don't think that is something bad, right? It's like running a marathon. No,
0: <laughs> tons no. of
1: tons of moments where you ask yourself, like, what am I doing here? And no. in the moment you cross the finish line, you're like very, very happy that uh, that you went through this process. But at yeah. the same time, I like having been in the tech scene for a long time. Like, I think it's good to to try uh, to be reflective as well and and see. And then it's it's obviously also a personal thing, right? Like, there's there's no right or wrong, right? I mean. Yeah. If it's really someone's passion as a product manager to work on this small, tiny thing within a big machinery that you can still improve, then then, then go for it, right? Like, then, then do it. But I think at the same time, like, personally, I would like to see more innovation in that space, like, in, in, in these kind of, like, for, forgotten areas, like, industries that have not been as central in kind of like VC discussions or, or what's or not. And I feel like it's, it's, it's a bit of a hurt behavior that we are seeing amongst uh, VCs, amongst men, you know kind of following founders and, and, and talent that, that flows into
0: the scene. Uh, interesting. Um, I, I want to respect your time as well, uh, because we actually yeah. had the, the, the podcast plan and we put it a little bit uh, more upfront. I mean, this is all about inspiring people, uh, uh, making the right steps. I would like to close down actually with two things. Uh, one is still, mm-hmm. and the other one is more like um, what questions, if we're talking about the beautiful term incremental innovation, which means bringing meaning to the things that you're doing, asking yourself about the impact, what are the questions, maybe you can create a top three, that you believe everybody should ask themselves in order to make a better step for their career, ambition, or life, or what it is? I mean, it's it's really about, you know, Three being questions.
1: brave and, and, and taking the time to do a step back, right? So yeah. first question should be like, you know, what is, what is really the problem I'm helping to solve on a societal level, right? Like I'm displacing another business with my business, right? There's not necessarily an incremental, uh, uh, for like an incremental use for the for the society right and then and also like trying to think a bit longer term right it's kind of like what are really the things that that matter or that make a difference to people's life right so around sustainability or you know could also be uh, education or whatever right um, so I think that is an important one right not necessarily like how do you spend you know like how do how like can you get people hooked to something like you know we know yeah you, you can right you can get people mm. to tiktok or <laughs> yeah crazy bad short term pleasures right like to yeah. smoking or uh, having a drink or whatever but but kind of like you know what is what is kind of like the the long term thing you can you can achieve and then and then like obviously also like what can i do about it right because you know there's there's limitations right i was lucky in like I I know how to build businesses, uh, but I'm not a designer, and I was lucky enough to uh, be able to to find Alexis and partner up with someone who I feel is very good in that part. And yeah. um, so you also need to be a realistic, right? If I say like I you know I believe what we need is actually like a cheaper and better face shuttle, and I'm not a record engineer, there's <laughs> very very little that I could do in that field, right? So.
0: Well, what's strange enough, strange enough, it's always funny if you don't come, if you're not coming from a, a certain space, it's always nice how you can approach that specific industry through the eyes of a child and therefore become actually very innovative, right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So th- 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 that's a, definitely a, a very nice way to close this podcast. And to make that a nice bridge to, um, um, to the other topic is like, if people are going to contemplate over these three big questions, how to really drive innovation in their life and in their business, there's no better place on earth, guys, to, to be in Bali uh, currently. And then uh, book one of these stilt studios, which you definitely should all be checking around. I'm very impressed by the way it's being designed And if you see that over such a small space, you can have such a rich experience in lush green garden and valleys. Uh, Truly amazing. So definitely gonna check that out. Uh, There's currently, until the end of this year, 2020, if people are buying for $50 uh, a ticket, which is normally $100, so you a $50 off for a one night stay, you can uh, uh, very naturally Uh, experience your stay there and it's very likely that you also will bump into Flo himself which could always be a very pleasant thing. Um, So definitely go to the website, book a ticket and go uh, experience yourself and to make this, to top this up uh, Flo is giving away as well one night uh, today so please drop us a message uh, on our email which is down in the show notes why you believe that you with your partner should contemplate in the middle of nowhere about the three questions, how you can innovate. Um, thank you very much Flo for your, uh, for your special time. And it's amazing that even as, as friends that we also encounter each other on a regular basis. that even over Zoom, we can have very valuable com- conversations. So it's all possible. Yeah. Um, it's truly amazing. And uh, yeah, people can find you where, if they want to know more about you, where's the best place to connect with you?
1: I mean, Just reach out on the website. We have a, we have a contact field or LinkedIn.
0: Oh, Perfect. So I will, those. I will, I will add the your Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, everything else. What is important that connects to you uh, in the show notes. Thank you very much, Flo. Appreciate it. And yeah. uh, Chat later, man. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Sven. It was a very nice chat. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you guys for tuning in today at the Founder Stripe Podcast. I truly hope you have found some inspiration and the golden nuggets so you can leverage this to lift your founders game. By the way, if you want to stay updated about our weekly releases, then please hit the subscribe button so you will never ever need to miss out and choose which one of the guests you can tune into. If you're planning to raise capital for your startup and would love to discover if you are fundraise ready, if your startup has what it takes, then please take our free signature fundraise quiz where we will benchmark your answers against our nine-step Date Your Investor framework. As a result, you'll receive a 20-page tailor-made recommendation report to be better tomorrow. Want to find out more? Go to www.thestartupchef.com www.thestartupchef.com Thanks for listening and I hope to see you in the next episode.